welcome back to another episode of Excellence Cartel. Ladies and gentlemen, the reason my voice sounds sexier than normal is because we are joined by three lovely, lovely ladies. We have Meredith, we got Sarah, and we got Sonia from Unnamed and Untamed. And it's going to be a great conversation because we feel some Q&As. But first, Jeffrey Sue, thank you for tagging me in that hamstring picture. I showed all my certain male clientele at the gym. And they were like, those are some really nice legs. So you got some compliments from some dudes. You kind of got like some 8.5s thrown your way. It's pretty hot. Yeah. Give me a little credit. How's your last uh, seven been? Uh, it's been good, man. Um, you know, I'm in the process of uh, selling my house, but, you know, I think I have a change of heart. I don't think I'm going to sell it anymore. Whoa. What? I think I'm going to rent it out instead. Oh, uh, I was waiting to hear like, yeah, I won't even say on the air. To this place, and I was thinking about it. I was just like, I could make, I could really start doing some, some serious like long-term financial gains with mm-hmm. the start of renting this house out. Because you know, usually you rent a house at one percent of its value, and so one percent of of about seven hundred thousand dollars. That's a pretty good monthly rental rate, you know, considering the mortgage is only you know twenty five hundred bucks. So I'm kind of kind of convincing my real. I love Boston. Are you telling me that's a seven thousand dollar house to rent yeah damn in this area in this town how many square feet is it huh how many square feet is it about 2400 wow yeah i'm sitting on a lot of money here i mean on the market i've been looking at homes and stuff like for for seven thousand mortgage you can get like a 1.1 million crib (laughs) i don't don't, know yeah so uh that's that's basically what i'm dealing with right now my realtor of course wants me to sell it and she thinks I'm a fucking dumbass. Sure. So sure she, uh, she was going to get you for 60K. Yeah, exactly. She's like, oh, it's a lot of hard work. I was like, listen, when I hear the word hard work, I fucking get hard. And I'm ready to fucking nut all over. Yeah, yeah I'm hard too. Yeah, we're hard. That's oh. what fucking gets me off. Anyways, life is good. Oh, sounds great. Uh, Sarah, Sarah Bishop, go ahead and uh, tell us how your last seven days have been. Damn, that was, that was, I don't have quite the hype. No, you don't have the hype. No, you're already going into that. Damn. Well, I'm just, I like literally had to look back at my calendar. Like, well, like it's like a whirlwind, but I would say highlight. So actually Mary and I are both doing this. uh, It's a kind of a gut health mentorship. I would call it with Dasha, who I think maybe you guys have had on. Yeah, we had Dasha on not too long ago, and she was actually at our PEC in Dallas. It's a great time getting to meet her. Enjoyed that. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I was there. Yeah. Yep. Um, but anyway, like doing this kind of course with her is just like a really cool cohort. Like there's like pelvic floor physical therapists, like just a lot of like oh. dialogue and like different kind of stuff and different takes on things. So I am enjoying that. And I feel like inquiries and stuff have been a little slower, but kind of starting to pick up. So that's always good kind of, you know, for the summer kind of season. So yeah, that's my, that was my last seven days. No, definitely not as exciting as Sue, but nonetheless, super productive and cool for what we do in the space. Meredith, how are we today? How's your last seven been? We're good. Uh, I have to say, I haven't nutted on anything uh, this week, so I just, I don't know. Well, no, I take that. It's Tuesday. It's only Tuesday. It's only Tuesday. It's only Tuesday. (laughs) Well, I mean, I mean, does Sunday count? Because, you know, but no, I mean, I guess that was like the start, the end of last week. So whatever. Um, So this is a fresh week that's still open. Um, Maybe today on this podcast. Um, Other than Sunday, it's just been a really good start to the week. Had a lot of great conversations with clients. 
just in a really good space. I'm actually taking my first staycation in years. Um, So that was a big thing for me to do. Um, I lined out my terms of service um, or realigned them last month. And it took me a solid couple of days to put in some vacation into that. And I'm holding myself accountable and actually taking it, starting off with baby steps, you know, the virgin here. So I'm going to go like four days, see how it feels and uh, move on from there. Proud of you for doing that. I'm proud of you for doing that. I've got a uh, trip to Austin soon and I have a trip uh, that is the first time in my 17 years that I'm not going to take check-ins. Yeah, this will be a first for me too. I get it. Hard. Gramps, Jason, Daddy, all the things, all the older senior things. How was your last seven days been? Oh, such a dick move. I knew I'd get. ah. (laughs) How was Naples? How was Naples? Naples. Good time was awesome yeah it's just you know just the trip went too quick but um, we got out to key Wade and um it was a perfect day because it was overcast for like half the day as you're building yourself into your like good buzz zone as soon as it was around 2 30 it got sunny so then we partied really well into like the five and it was just a it just it was just a nice build-up like that was a great way to have it happen um but yeah naples was awesome um i've been getting a ton of like just inquiries with a lot of tough cases right now um so a lot of phone calls and just going through things um and i finally officially last night started working on my app so i'm gonna have an app and it's gonna put my mentorship my 12 modules into the app and then i'm gonna load it'll be on the app store and i'm reshooting all the classes um Got the backdrop, the glow ring, the whole thing, and um, got the desk set up. So uh, I'm going to start. I'm uh, hoping to have that thing out by the end of the year. We'll see. For you, for investing in yourself and your brand. Good for you. Sonia, I know how your last seven days have been. They've been atrocious, horrible, and you just have not liked your life much at all. Yeah, it's been awful. I well, I'm in Cabo, so last <laughs> last seven days I can't even recall because we're still like, hey, bud, getting over. So the move and uh, we just moved but we're in Cabo right now which is always really really fun we come here a couple times a year it's kind of like a very special place and it's my boyfriend's birthday and our friend's birthday too so it's just kind of a big event I am running a pretty intense protocol from Vince so it's like it's mm-hmm. kind of like you know I'm, I'm here but I'm still like trying to you know you know how his shit is it's like it's crazy, but, um, but the sun's here. So I'm really excited about that. And really similar to like Sarah and Meredith, I just finished, um, module 12. I've got, um, I've got my test out to do from, um, Travis Zipper, who did all the courses for NCI. Um, he passed away about a year, a year ago now. Um, and he had an amazing mentorship that was really in depth about like a lot of this kind of like when I had first started learning about it, this really out there stuff, And now it's just like the stuff that's, we're starting to see like more relevance in with autoimmunity. Some of the stuff Jason and I had talked to you about, we had sent back and forth, just like really, really cool next level stuff. And I feel like as a coach, and I don't know if you guys get this too, but when I start thinking and moving in this direction, I start attracting in this direction, you know? So all of a sudden, like my cases are becoming like more intense, you know, versus just like Susan, who wants to lose weight, I still get those people, but I'm starting to get like a lot more like autoimmunity, polyinflammation cases, stuff like that coming my way. Sounds Sounds exciting. Super cool. At least you're attracting what you want. Yeah, exactly. Right. So universal. Let's see. My last seven days. Oh, went out for guys night. That was always a good time. Jason, who's hung out with me before, 
There's the I am always a spectacular moment out in Nashville. And this one did not disappoint, Jason. I had a man rubbing on me to the point that my friend Cobe had finally had to say, like, sir, will you please stop touching my fucking friend? <laughs> then we go to Red Door, at which point the beard. I, I don't know. It's like a but bear vibe. It was kind of like very, like, very firm. Sonia. So like he had like my trap, my neck, my sh- my shoulder, and my tricep. Like he was like. And it was like, you know how cats like make biscuits like on you? Like, <laughs> like, swear to God, that's like what he was doing in my arms. I mean, it felt kind of good, but I wasn't really in the mood for the kink. So nonetheless, um, it was a good time. We hit some good places, had some really great combos. I haven't lasted that long in a long time. So it was just a very well-needed night out. Keegan, I got home with my Uber driver to Levin and goes, dad, I'm hungry. I was like, I'm too drunk to go anywhere. And he goes, well. There's fries in the freezer. I'm like, all right, bro. We'll order fries and fries. So had some fries with them at 11 o'clock. Man, I had like eight bourbon drinks in the course of six hours. <laughs> I was pretty, pretty well up there in the clouds. I was having a good time. Like that's what they were just for. They bring uh, it to you. Yeah, but it was already 11. I felt bad for the person. I'm not trying to help the economy too much, Jason. Like I want it to kind of sink a little bit so it corrects. You know, I mean, let's just be honest there. Wink, wink. But anyway, all right, let's get on today's topic. So Sonia, I know you got the questions in-house with you all. And then ladies, as always, and gents too, if you guys have anything you'd like to chime in or wherever we want to go, let's roll. But I guess let's throw one out there randomly and then let's just eat it and go from there. So I think like, we'll start with like ours, I guess. Right, guys? So, so, I mean, really, I think one of the biggest things is like, that I'm curious about is like, where do you think it different? It's different. Or why do you think it's different? And maybe it's not addressing clients that are more of like that. You know, when somebody has been dealing with being sick for a long time, whether it's autoimmunity, thyroid disorders, or gut dysfunction, how sometimes their little being, their little spirit is just crushed, you know, mm-hmm. and they're very like, everything is ending and nothing is working and this can't go on and this, can't, but I can't do this and I can't do that. And I can't do this. I feel the story that I tell myself and that we've told ourselves is that it's so much easier for you guys, because there's something about when you have a male client just being like, or a male coach, that's like, this is exactly what you need to do. Like, okay, there's like this different vibe about it. And maybe that's bullshit. And maybe you guys deal with the same exact stuff that we deal with. Um, So I'm curious kind of like what your guys' thought process is on that or how you necessarily, how you guys might go go about dealing with those people differently. You're saying like the people have complaint, like people have complaints or. It was really, I'm trying to word it really nice, but like. Those I think what she's trying to say is what, why do clients take directives and orders better from male coaches than yes. female coaches That's in a point exactly like what I'm trying way. to say. Okay. There. I'm not trying to seem super sexist. I don't want to get some females. Fuck that. It's just using right. words. And some point yeah. people got to realize you have to so use them in a certain sentence yeah. to get context. Exactly. So. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. We agree. Jason, you go ahead and hit that. Yeah. I, I I don't know because I'm not, you know, watching over a female, but I, I have, you know, they work, but I, I have to imagine um, that there is probably a little more pushback than what I get. I'm just going to be honest. Um, I don't really get much pushback at all. And then the ones that do, like, we end up just not working together. Um, and I don't mean no. I'm not open-minded. I don't want anyone to think that, but like, if we're doing something with gut, I need these things done, you know, and I tell everyone early. So I try to set the stage too, like when you contact me, like what might happen and how this might go. So they already have an idea 
Um, and they're not just like blindsided, like, oh my God, I can only train two days a week. And oh my God, I got to drink this Metapure stuff. And blah, blah, you know, I just, I just don't get it. But I also try to set the stage early. But I, I would imagine that the ladies have a little bit more pushback. At least that's what it's sounding like to me. Why is this? I don't know. Um, I, I'm not sure. Um, are they scared of me? Maybe. I don't know. Um, but yeah. The grizzly that's, man. That's my two cents on it so far. Yeah. What about you, Jeff? The Jeffs. Either Jeff, chime in. Um, I don't get much pushback aside from maybe the cost of some supplements. But from a pure, um, if we're talking gender specific um, reasons for this, I think um, I, I don't think it really matters. I think your demeanor and, um, you know, your authority and how you come across and maybe your presentation on social media may make one female coach come off as a little more frivolous versus a male coach who can be considered more serious and assertive. Now, in terms of approaching these clients um, in general, I think a, a long break from protocol generally helps because a lot of these people who have these issues, um, they've been through protocol after protocol, coach after coach, they're, they're deep diving into social media and all these rabbit holes and connecting the red string on the, the, on the chalkboard or whatever. Um, and they need, they just need a break. They need to live their lives and just take a break from it all. So working the basics helps. And I think any level coach can do that. They don't need anyone special and male or female doesn't matter. Yeah. That's actually, I've done that with a couple of clients recently too, where I'm like, I think the focus needs to be like just relaxing and not checking your blood glucose and not doing this and not doing that. And it's funny because you'll watch them and you're like, let's just keep it simple. Like your calories are high. Like just check, check your you know, track every couple of days and then let's like just do basic training, send some videos, let's work on form. But it's funny because then they're always coming back with like a something else. You know what I mean? You're like, let's just focus on not doing that right now. Let's just focus on kind of recentering yourself and getting the game back in. Jeff, you seem like you were going to say something. I have a question for you, ladies. Do you find that when clients who come to you that you work with and you know right out of the gate or uh, sideways, does it usually end in fire? I've never fired a client. No, like fire, like it just real tense between you two, or does it just like sizzle away? How does it, how does it un unravel? Because I have the business lens of it because I have a brick and mortar. So I see how Theron Katie are treated and I come in and want something done. And these members be like, Oh fuck, Jeff said it, you know? And I'm like, well, I'm not in here every day. Like they run the, <laughs> like I just come and do my shit and leave. And then I've seen some of that with some of my female coaches where it's almost like that the clients they get are so nuanced with stuff that there's like from the start, almost like friction I'm made aware of and things mm -hmm. like that. So I was curious, like how it ends in these situations for you all. So maybe we have a contrast compared to. I haven't had a bad falling out with a client. Normally I'll get on when I can feel it in check-ins. I can okay. feel it when check-ins are getting missed. And then all of a sudden it's like, instead of this long of a check-in, you know, cause I've got like, I got a lot of questions on there because I want to know, like, were you on plan? Did you do this? Did you go out and drink? Like, like anything you need help with this week? Like anything you, you feel like you're winning at? Like I go through like a big series of questions for my check-ins and I'll just notice that like half the questions aren't on there. Maybe they're filled out or I'll start getting things like, I don't even want to check in because I'm not doing anything this week. I'll see that start to tear off. And I normally get on the phone and it's kind of this conversation of like, maybe it's just not the right time right now to work on this in your life. Maybe there's other things. And I'm going to say, 
about 90% of those cases, I haven't had a lot, I'd say maybe nine in the past five years, right. Are really having a hard time not drinking and because they're not progressing because they're not drinking, they feel like a failure in a sense. And that is normally the biggest issue to set the people that I haven't been able to really get to progress back. Um, you know, that's just me. What about you guys there and there? Yeah. The alcohol thing I've seen a couple of times with those kind of like fizzle out. And like you said, it's kind of like, I offer the phone call, let's talk about it. But I think at that point, then they kind of realize like, Hey, like this isn't for me or like, I need to, you know, I'm, I'm wasting my money kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, I only had, I wouldn't even say it ended in fire. Like I only had one situation where it was like, like deuces, like <laughs> goodbye. Like, and I knew that was a lesson for me because I knew on that call, I should not have taken that client. Like I knew like in the intake call that it was like not a good fit and wasn't the right, right move. And then other than that, I think, I mean, kind of going back to what we were talking about before, I think we just tend the the girls tend to be more like nurturing or like we like give a little inch or say like, Hey, it's okay when it's not okay. Um, and again, kind of from that nurturing, like, I don't want to hurt your feelings or I don't want to fuck up your relationship with food or, you know, whatever, like it is. So we like maybe have a little twist or spin to it, but it's have Sonia or Meredith, have you guys ever, like, I've only had male coaches. So I like growing up like male coaches, but I like a very direct line of communication. Sometimes I feel like the people who maybe reach out, I've even had women like discuss this, like they want, cause I, you know, you guys know I work with Austin and some people will say like, I want a little bit more of like a woman to work with. Cause they don't like, they need that more. Like I give a lot of like, like, there's a lot of nurture that goes into some of these, you're doing a great job, sweetie conversations that some of these people need. And that's kind of where I start to weed people out now. (laughs) I I think for me, like, that's one thing that I've evolved as a coach, as far as um, I have more conversations, I say, Hey, let's get on a phone call. Um, More so a zoom call, because I think sometimes even like, um, as far as tone of voice can be misinterpreted sometimes. And I find just face-to-face contact goes so far. Um, And I know that for myself as a coach, I am really big on communication and I really need to hear. I ask the client to specifically tell me where they are having problems, because I think that a lot of times it's more powerful when they have to look within about what they are struggling with. I think that's where like the learning uh, opportunity can be, as opposed to me solving everything for them. Um, I'm there to support them and help them navigate, but I'm not there to fix anybody. Um, that's what they're doing with me. Um, and I know that's where I have changed. Um, I still am very much a nurturer, but at the same respect, I don't want to be an enabler. Um, and so that's something that I think I really battle with, but I feel like I've gotten better with, and I feel like the conversations, the face-to-face and the accountability for the client to say, you know, what they are specifically struggling with, I think is really eye-opening. You know, when a client's like, oh, this just isn't working. And I say, so, hey, what is specifically not working? That's just kind of an open dialogue situation that I really like to have because that in itself 
is a game changer for a lot of people. That's what I have to do for myself. Like have this come into Jesus meetings. Yeah. 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 I think think it comes down to more like natural traits or personalities that females just tend to have as coaches and it comes out in coaching. And sometimes you need the more tough love or you just need like, like Jason was saying, like set the, set the standard off the bat kind of thing. Yep. I agree with that because I think most people come my way and know my personality. It's like, <clears throat> I technically beat in quotes a brittle bone disease. So I'm not going to really <laughs> be the first person to let you get a slide. So a lot of people said that to me. It's like, they've like, I hired you just because that that's inspirational to me. And they're usually a couple of, usually hundred, 200 pounds overweight. So they look at their thing as impossible too. So I could see that. I agree yeah. with that. What's next? I think we covered that one pretty good. I don't think like there's anything else really to say, but I do agree that there is some sexism when it comes to the order taking. And I've seen it play out with the females in my gym before. So I give you that. Yeah. I think that it depends too on like the person, right? I do work with a lot more like gen pop clients who are, it's more of a, there's a foundation of behavior change that has to occur first. Right. So it's like, rather than I have some people with that athlete mentality that are just all in and they're, it's a little bit different, but some of these people, like it's just getting them to drink water and walk really. It's like the foundation. I can't throw a thousand things at you. If you aren't even doing like this bare, bare minimum stuff, you know, and sometimes that's, those are the ones that really need that extra like motivation because they've lost a lot of, um, confidence in themselves of being able to do anything, you know, great. Cool, cool. Should we dive into some of these Instagram questions? Sure. Make it a hard one that Sue will want to like chime in on. You know, give them like the most fucked up one you could give them. We'll let okay. go first. Thoughts on cryptocurrency? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Invest. It's down. <laughs> I know. Um, well, this is what we kind of covered, right? Struggles for female coaches, f- females coaching males. And what are your struggles for males coaching females? And we'll do that. Males coaching female struggles. Like, what are your guys' struggles coaching females? And I'll then tell you. We can do what are our struggles coaching males? I'll tell you straight up. I've had a psychic tell me, Sonia, just so you know, I'm woo woo in that weird way, that I spent half my past lives as a female. So that's why I understand women so well and get along with women. I have an entire team of women that work for me. So I have no issues on this topic. I'm sure there's probably some that my personality probably hasn't come across the greatest, but I have found for me uh, that Loom, doing my video feedbacks is a great tool for people to really kind of get to who I am and know who I am. And I mean, I've had some great testimonials by women I've been putting up. So that says that to me. So I haven't really had that issues. I usually have issues with dudes, if anything, who are like, well, uh, I don't understand why I would only do this because so-and-so does that. And I'm like, well, you taking tests? No. Are you taking GH? No. All right. Well, then let's just go ahead and clear the table. A few things you can't do um, based on that. So maybe some of that where the Instagram, you know, because guys, and that was kind of like it was for the three of us. Like we would read Flex Magazine coming up, like, you know, and go immediately go do what Jay Cutler put in the work, you know, in that workout for chest. And I think you're just seeing that, but there's just so much available material. I think people just get swallowed in. So I kind of maybe see a little pushback more from men than ever women. I don't have that issue. Yeah. So like that same like translation, Jason, what about you? You know, um, I feel like it's individual. I don't feel like there's a trend at all in my like female clients, like, oh, I'm going to get this complaint or I'm going to have this issue. For the most part, most people seem pretty compliant, but I have obviously, you know, um, kind of, you know, uh, 
batted horns, whatever you want to say with clients before, but just probably as many women as men, um, you know, and so sometimes people are just, um, they're, they're kind of smart ass on their, the response back to you. You just kind of got to bite your tongue. So I don't really get down too far. I try to always try to bring it back and rather than going back and forth. Um, and I think that helps, uh, you know, to, to diffuse the situation, but yeah, I don't think there's a trend, uh, among my clients. And, and, um, I've said many times, uh, my most faithful clients are women and, and the ones that, uh, you know, agreed, give me the time to, to do it. You know, you miss with a bodybuilder and you didn't even have them off season. He's like, Nope, I'm done with you. You know, and they're, and they're gone. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I'll be honest. I've been on the receiving end of some of those shitty messages from Jason, not saying, but saying, just so we all know, cover my clean. favorite is Jason's run on sentences. Those are my favorite. I'll no, I'll right. Stop right there. One time we were four weeks off from Judy Dashles. There was some fuck up communication. I came across smart and I know I did when I sent it. He wrote back, Hey, I see you in four weeks. Get it in check. And like something else. Like, I was like, that's the that's the lawyer asshole coming out in Jason right now. Direct communication. Yeah. Direct yep, communication. Nope, exactly. Jeff, if you said there's like one struggle and not even like with check-ins or compliance or like whatever, but like, is there one thing that you see that is a little bit more of a struggle with female clients versus males? Or is it kind of like same and same? Um, you got to be a little more detailed explaining something to women. Otherwise they're going to pepper you with a bunch of questions because they're very detail oriented and and they like that level of care with a guy. You can be kind of vague and they'll just kind of like either 50% of them will get it right. 50% of them do something wrong for six months and not tell you. So there is kind of like a pro and con there, but I think if anybody who wants to work with me and they follow me on social media, they know exactly what they're getting. And so I will literally screenshot check-ins and convos with clients and call them a fucking dumbass, lock out their name, and I'll post it online. The other I read my fucking mentorship coaches. The other day, a mentorship coach sent me some stupid-ass question. She didn't do her own goddamn research. And I said, don't ever come to me again with an empty-handed question. And I called her a dumbass, and I posted it. So that's what you get from me. <laughs> um, yeah. You are just cuddles. You're like, it's like hugging a fucking porcupine. Like I just, yeah, right. I, you like, like you, you don't. And, no, and like I'm not said, saying it's wrong. Your personality is personality. You, you obviously you build a successful brand, you know? So, I mean, yeah. it, it, you does, know, it is what it is. Where it doesn't fucking matter. Like more people like me than don't like me. So fuck the people who don't. <laughs> That's yeah. true. I think you were spot on too with like the over communication. I feel like with my male clients, I can just be like, uh, we're going to do 10 somersaults and then we're going to eat a little bit of dirt and then follow with some aloe vera. And they're like, okay, yeah. you know, and then my female clients, I'm like, we're going to walk 40 minutes, just moderate light. We're going to be around 100, 115, like 120 heart rate. We're just going to walk for 40 minutes in the morning. You can split it up around the, like, and then it'll be like this, you know, and they'll be like, okay, but what about this? What about this? What about that? And it's always why? like, yeah, but why? one, two, three, four, five. And I'm like, this doesn't matter. This is nuanced. This doesn't matter. This is nuanced. Okay. Have a great day. Bye. You know? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I think why am I doing this is a huge thing. And I, I think that might even go into sometimes with women, it's not necessarily like a pushback of some clients. We, I do have some clients that push back on certain things, but I think honestly, at the end of the day, it is just not knowing why. And for some of these people, they've I have people that have come from other coaches and it's just like, they feel when they feel like in other situations, their information had been missed or they had been with like a super high level coach that had too many clients that just, they were just a number on the list. 
they they are trying to be i understand they are trying to be proactive that their information isn't getting missed mm-hmm. right and i think that it's really important i think for me as a coach one thing i have to remind myself is like this person's and i've been through this right like at certain times in my life my first coach was like jesus i remember i like when i finally got to jason i was like this is a long time coming and it would have been way better off if i'd come to you earlier you know but like it's just hard when you think that, you know, it's your information is being handled correctly. And then it's not, you know, like for me, it was a case of like, my digestion is off for over a year and a half. And it's just like, Hey, anytime I eat anything, I'm like in excruciating pain. And it's like, take more HCL and push carbs. You know, it's like just these things where it's like, are you sure this is going to be okay? So just that reminder that these people are kind of like on their own battle and going through it too, has helped me a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Another thing I will, I'd, I'd add to this, this discussion is that it would be very helpful for male and female coaches both to, you know, break your own rules every now and then and get on a phone call or like a FaceTime with a client. And that goes such a long way. It doesn't matter what plan they're on or whether they can text you or call you, pick up the phone, call them, spend the 10 minutes to talk to them. And they will feel, they will literally feel that you care because you know, you would, right. You would care to do that. So I've done that a lot. And that goes a long way in terms of retention, referrals, and client success rates. Yeah, absolutely. Agreed. Agreed. Anytime you have those like tension moments, like you offer the call and it's like, oh, wow, like it's, it's not as bad. Like almost, almost always. And normally we can pick up on that too. You know what I mean? To be able to make the decision. You open the mic to them and just kind of like ask a couple questions, like get them going. And it seems like once they vent a little bit, in my opinion, once they vent a little bit, they've talked themselves into knowing what the right thing is to do. You know, you're like, okay, this is kind of like, you just watch the whole progress and they start to have these aha moments. And I think like as a coach, that's because it is a leadership position, right? Like this is a leadership position wherein people are trusting us to lead them to a better quality of life. And so it's kind of like walking them through those aha moments that you always see them like really change the person. Like I have clients, I have a client that she's been with me we haven't dieted. We've gone through like little mini cuts here and there, but she's been with me for almost three and a half, four years. And it's like, she just, we, we keep working on something and it's not, it's not always weight. It's not always physique. Sometimes it's mindset. Sometimes it's stress. Sometimes it's accountability to just saying, you know, setting goals at hand. So it's pretty cool to see that process happen. And then as a coach, you know, you guys are on the same page. Yes. Great. Yeah. And I get a lot of I get a lot of referrals, I think, because of that. I'm sure like all of you guys get a lot of referrals. I think that that's without a doubt. I mean, there's a lot of quality on this call right now. So, but, um, okay, should we go through another one? Yeah, spit it out there. Um, how often do you guys hire you because they are attracted to you and want your company? And so this goes both all ways. the time, all the time. Austin said he gets a lot of like, bears in the dms it's really funny i was like he sends me messages all the time i think it's just like yeah i get them all the time like i put a photo up and i'm in a shirt got get dudes would be like slide my dms like why are you wearing a shirt and i'm like because i'm about to go to church like you know what i mean like <laughs> like and you know i i don't know why i'm wearing a shirt i'm like there's enough like pictures of me shirtless on the internet you can find those like i'm around but i, I do think that that's just a part of it i think for <clears throat> probably more with I think it's probably both ways men hiring women because they're attracted to the woman thinking some weird ass fantasy that they're going to 
get some woman to fall in love with him who's their coach and fairy tale marriage. And I think you get some of these dudes who slide into our DMs who think like I'm gonna suddenly decide to add, go 41 years heterosexual to the other side and you know entertain that. So I think you kind of I think it would be there, but I mean I have a f- few clients who they just like having a coach and they like having a coach who looks like me and they are pretty honest about it. I'm like, okay, well, I mean, call me daddy. It's fine. Yeah. I accept it. I'll move on with it. Yeah. Is that your in-person or online? Or I, I actually have both. <clears throat> I actually have both. I got a couple in, in person. They just like ones. It's like, oh, if you ever would, I would just marry you. I'm like, I know, bro. We'd be great. You love Dungeons and Dragons. I love Dungeons and Dragons. Like <laughs> pool days together, you know, like it'd be great. Like we would just hug it out nerd. all the time. Maybe he's like, but the problem is he's so deep in the voice like me that I'm just like, oh, I'll just be weird. Like, you know what I mean? Like, ah, so I couldn't do it. And he would take care of me. Like that gay hotline sex voice. <clears throat> well, you know what I mean? Yeah. Thank like you. it's kind of like if I were to picture, I haven't called one before, but if I were to picture what that might sound like, that's kind of like the voice I would associate with it. I'm gonna call Sue later in practice, Beck. So you just gotta sit there with the phone, like, hey, yeah, are you? What about you? What are you doing? Um, I mean, every once in a while, but you're talking about like just men hitting on us, right? It just, I think you, so this was to, uh, to me. So I think yeah, it was so, in general of either sexes. Like, so how about this? Well, we're like, this. how often do you guys, how often do people hire you because they're attracted to you and want your company? We'll just, I might say it happens that often, but I have had it in local where uh, I was hired. Uh, there was a big push to come train with me personally. Um, you know, then invite to come train at their gym next time to which I said, well, you know, we'll talk online. And then, you know, a week later they canceled their monthly and they had just started. So I'm like, I don't really know that she really wanted coaching, Um, but that doesn't happen that, that often, but like, yeah. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, like she straight up was like, yo, meet me to work out. And then wanted you to meet her at another gym. And you were like, I'm not going to no, do so that. She came to see, she came to work out at my gym. Cause she okay. wanted to work out with me. All right. Yeah. And I was like, sure, that's fine. We'll do it. And then as she was leaving, she's like, yeah, you, you should drive up and come to my gym next time. Okay. How far would drive away? I just want perspective on this. Uh, about an hour. Oh yeah. That's a bit far, a bit far, a bit far. Did she offer like dinner or anything else? Was uh, there like, no, like a no, pre-workout no. shake involved, some shit like no, nothing. All right. No, not, you know, it was, it was subtle. But so like, she gave you just the tip basically. And I got the it. cancel <laughs> and I got the cancellation without like, there's no way she did the program yet. Uh, I kind of just was like, well, um, <laughs> Oh, look at you old dog. You a dog. You like Zach Wilson out there, man. You just, I wouldn't even say the comment, but anyway. I think that happens more with in-person training. I've only had it happen with in-person training that I know of, but I, I revert everything back to like, I don't, I don't really, I keep it pretty. Like this is, I keep it pretty professional, especially if I'm onboarding any like men, I keep it very like, this is the conversation on topic. This is what's going on. However, when I was in person training, it it happens a lot more frequent where I'm like, you just, it's, you're just like, all right, at this point, it's getting weird. So yeah. we're not training with each other anymore. Or I'm just going to put you with someone else. Or- I'm sure Jeff Sue's got a good story. There's got to be a good story in that boat, Jeff. Come on. 
I have some, I have some pretty good stories here. I can't really say them uh, in detail on the podcast, but um, you know, in terms of like men hitting on me, I've only had that happen twice. I've had two clients that were, um, you know, gay and, you know, they would send me like nude photos and, you know, for check-ins. I had a female bikini girl once send me uh, a nude check-in and she was very attractive. Um, but I told her to I stop. Had, I've had those too. I didn't even think about those. If she, if she ever did that again, she'd be fired. I think to Sonia's point about the in-person training though, I didn't realize it at the, at the time, because I always approach the sessions like, okay, <laughs> the client, but I've had, you know, probably three or four women who wanted to train with me or come to my house to work out. Um, and one of them like drove like two hours to my house to, to train with me. And then I was, and in retrospect, I was like, oh, that's kind of kind of weird. And, you know, when the relationship was terminated, they always end up being very, very like angry or sad or, or messier than a, a, a typical client who just wanted to end services. So there, in retrospect, I, I was like, hmm, there may have been some emotions involved there that maybe I didn't pick up on, you know, because I was just like, hey, you know, you're just a client. Um, but yeah, of course it happens. I think it happens quite often in our industry. Yeah. 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 I think it's kind of just, I think that there's like a fantasy too with like, Oh, your personal trainer, like for women with men. And yeah, exactly. And, yeah. and it's like, it's not quite like that. So I think just, again, I, I think that your vibe typically like puts out what you're going to allow and not allow. I am a hard trainer though. When I'm training in person, like I, I fucking kick some ass. So I did have like some male clients, but I don't think all of them, I would say like a small handful probably were with that in mind, you know, who knows, who knows? Okay. Let's do another one. Um, would you put a guy through contest prep or would you put girls through contest prep? I feel like this is like obsolete. I have prepped guys. I do work with male clients and I think that you guys Mer I know Meredith does and Sarah. Yeah. And obviously the three of you all work with female clients. So I feel like that's a done, yeah. um, Best morning routine to set digestion and metabolism up for the day. Perspectives. I like my morning walk. Uh, that's just like me. I, I don't know. I find that my bowels feel better when I just take more. I'm just more active as a whole. So I think when, for me, I like getting up in the morning. I think there's some benefit to waiting an hour or two of letting your stomach kind of move, letting, you know, some things take place. I always do a 12 hour fast. So I do like about 30 minutes fast to cardio now. And I do a yoga routine and then I get in the shower. I, I, I do the hot and cold therapy. So I think people try to make these things so sexy. Like, Oh, if I just had this perfect morning routine, I'm going to go be Elon Musk in a week. And I'm like, eh. I've been doing a more, Jason knows I've been doing a vicious morning routine for over a decade now. And I can tell you that it's just how I function. You know what I mean? There's really nothing special to it. So I don't know if I have a lot of insight there, how to set your day up. But I think if you're trying to set your day up from a metabolism standpoint, there's a lot of other things you could do than necessarily just focusing on setting yourself up for the day in that first yeah. part. You know, you could do some things where you're, you know, make sure you get to walk in. Yeah. Um, water in the morning, healthy meal, hydrate. And then, you know, you can add some glutamine, maybe some aloe vera juice um, to get, you know, inflammation down and, and take care of that gut lining and then have a meal. Like I, I, there are these concoctions I see of like, you know, lemon water, warm lemon water with, um, apple cider vinegar. in it, it sounds absolutely awful. And so I've never asked the client to Jason, do it works though. 
I'm telling I, you, I would never do it. So I don't ask a client to do it. Like if you need apple cider vinegar, I give them capsules. Like you can buy capsules and just swallow them. <laughs> like that tastes terrible to me. So I don't do it. I do like if somebody's having digest. So if somebody it's, I hate black or white questions, right? Cause it really depends. Right? We've gone through this like a yeah, thousand 100%. times. Yeah. I mean, that's so much context. I'm just like yeah. going out like well, I one more think easy, like digestive things that I, I think I, I like to encourage people to do is if you can keep your morning somewhat like mellow ish without just like waking up and going and doing this, yep. and doing that, like, you know, yeah. and even with those walks, keeping them, you know, a little bit more mild, a little bit more like mindful walks or doing breath work. They have some really good, um, mindful, like guided walks that you can actually download and you can listen to those while you're walking in the morning. They take you through a series of like thought processes, um, just kind of like recalling gratitude and breath work that are super, super helpful. I think breath work is absolutely incredible. So like breath work to release DMT is a really, really good one. Like just those like uh, same thing, like getting water in, it just depends on, I guess, what a person's digestive issues are from, whether it's like more of a stress situation driving that, or if it's more of like a dysbiosis situation driving it. So depends. I will say that there's speaking of breath work, there's a good book I just finished called the breathing cure by Patrick McKinnon. And there's actually, I believe two or three chapters strictly discussing breath work in women and the response of hormones through the age frames and like, depending upon progesterone and estrogen and the cycles that women are in. Um, wow. It's very, very different deep. Types of breath work per different. Yep. Okay. It's very interesting. Some of the stuff he has presented in there. So okay. that's a good point. There's a lot. Breath work is like one of the most amazing things that you can kind of like introduce into your life, especially if you're dealing with any sort of like, if you've had any trauma or you're dealing with any sort of like autoimmunity, there's such a correlation between like the cell danger response when the cell is just like frozen in hibernation mode and stimulation of the vagal nerve. That's like incredible. So highly recommend it for like all my clients. I'm like, you're doing breath work. <laughs> now getting them to actually comply, do, do like actually. Shit. Do it. I like to start with just, let's just do it once a week and then we'll move it up from there. But it's, it's, a, it's a downward spiral. So, okay. Water for peak week, water manipulation during peak week for an enhanced athlete, water high versus low it Friday. So this is hard because we don't know if they're a bodybuilder or ah, it's like such like a men's physique or women's bikini, or if let's skip that question. Go to another one. You guys no, cool with that? I mean, yeah, I, just, I, I, I'll discuss it. I don't really care. I but. have an opinion here. All right. Yeah. then. All right. Then you know what? Let, let, we'll go with it. All right. Fine. So I retract. These guys are like just chomping the bit. They're so hungry and horny to get it. All right, Jason. Well, you know, I, I think you've got to strike a balance between coolness and dry. So whatever division you're doing, you know, that's you got to know the criteria. Right. And so if it's bodybuilding, you've got to be you got to be really dry. And I can tell you that some people do need water pulled back. Like you can't just give every person two gallons that Friday before the show. And I found the more gifted someone is, meaning the rounder their muscle bellies, the denser the muscle, you can dry that person out, maybe give them six, seven ounces of water with every meal on Friday only. And I mean, they'll look like a freaking statue. You do that to me, I would fade. I got to have the water in uh, more ectomorphic. I mean, you know, and so you kind of got to really know your client's um, division, the criteria, and then what looks best on them and how they gifted. Are they someone's going to need more water, et cetera, et cetera. So there's no one size fits all 
by any means. Mm. Jeff, what about you? I agree with Jason, of course, um, you know, what he said, you know, everyone's different. And the other thing I would add to this is that, you know, you got to be lean, you know, nothing you do with water is going to make you crispier or drier or whatever. You can't take more diazide if you're fat. It's not going to bring out your glutes. <laughs> um, so just make sure that your client or yourself, you're ready for the show and then don't do anything drastic. You know, that's it. Yeah. Don't, don't stop drinking water at noon the day before the show, you know, sure. Taper yeah. it down to maybe half a gallon or whatever, cut it to sips, but nothing drastic and just be lean. That's my advice. I actually have For a coach. Yeah. I actually have a coach in my gym who Jason and Jeff, you guys remember this protocol. Remember when you used to tape water up to like five gallons of that ridiculous number and then start walking it backwards. Where you didn't really drink any that. water on Friday. Five is it fucking impossible? I think no. It was somebody. It was like ridiculous numbers. It's like three gallons to one, and then it goes like three quarters half. And that Friday before you only did a protocol like that. Okay, so so this dude though, a lot of water is a strain bean. And I was like, I would not do this if I were yeah. you. I was like, you will. I was like, this will not. So I'm interested. He went, yeah, he went through with it, but he looked just flat as the floor when I saw him the other day. And I was like, yep. uh, I don't know how you're going to get those carbs to go, bro. You're like six foot two. I've, I've actually done that. I am, and I'm a bikini competitor. And I think it was my second show. So um, I've done it too. And it's awful. It was a lot um we also pulled salt um so yep, I, had, I did like, that too yep i had no salt i had like five gallons of water yep um it was it was quite a time in life the fact that that was like you know the protocols it doesn't even like physiologically make sense yeah dude that was just the stuff that was what my, old coach, my <laughs> old coach remember jason before i linked up yeah. with you when i got put in the hospital that was what that was over yeah like yeah because he didn't have me drink any water on friday not a drop diuretic use yeah, and I threw a diuretic on top. It was yeah, uh, diet, not diazide. He actually told me to. I did Lasix. I did forty milligrams yeah. on top. I was fucked up. Yeah. I got rhabdo from it. Yep. So, yep. Yeah. Yeah. Rhabdo is aggressive. Dude, yeah. I had a CK yeah, score of seven thousand when they put me in the ER. Uh huh. I was pretty. I was pretty up there. Blood pressure was like two hundred five over like one fifty. I like couldn't so, feel like my neck. It felt like I was getting strangled. Don't do that, folks. Yeah. No. Don't do it. I'll be the first. That's why. <laughs> Part of the reason, like when anyone talks to me about water manipulation, I'm like, you don't really have to do much. And if we do, yeah. I promise you it'll be guided and safe. And I leave it there. I like yeah. to track water for my athletes. Right. Um, starting three weeks out, I start tracking water just slightly, you know what I mean? And then I start tracking salt also two weeks out. And then before I build their, or about four weeks before, I'm sorry, before they get their peak week protocol. And then I use that data to decide, because if I've got somebody who's crushing a gallon and a half or like a little bit over that then obviously their water is going to be very different than somebody who's struggling to get in a gallon, you know? And it's um, like, I, like, for example, I had, I was prepping somebody who was like SWAT and it was during the riot. This was like during the protest with the anti-police movement and stuff like that. And he was like really struggling. We're going into like four weeks out, you know, and he's can't get water and can't do this, can't do that. And it's like, same thing. Like if you just add, if I were to just be like, okay, well on Wednesday and Thursday, we're moving up to two gallons and then we're moving down to 1.5. Like you can't just kind of throw that at somebody because you don't necessarily know how they're going to react. So personally as a coach, and I obviously haven't peaked as many people as you guys, but I like to take into consideration what that person is already doing yep. and how their body is already processing water. Because if I have an athlete on three grams of salt versus five grams of salt, that's also going to be different as well. I need to look at things like potassium, magnesium, and that process, same yep. thing. 100% so, big yeah. stuff. 
Yeah. So those things matter less. I think when you're not on the extremes, but once you start seeing the extremes in like food intake, I think that those nuance things matter more. Yep. My last prep, I was up to six grams of salt by the end and felt amazing. So I get it. Yeah. Yeah. It's mind blowing to me. Like even like being on this trip and it's just like sitting at the table and some of the people like, yeah, I cut salt out for like three weeks and then started taking this to make sure I was dry. And I'm thinking like more soy salt. I'm just like, I'm crushing salt. Cause I'm like, I want to feel kind of like full and hydrated and like all this stuff. But it's funny. Cause the minute they eat a meal, they're just like, they can't oh, handle it. So buffalo, they're, yeah. yeah. They're probably oh. yeah, mixed with drinking and all that kind of shit. So bless you. Cool. Bless you. Yeah, but bless you. Bless you, Matthew. Bless you. <laughs> it's his birthday. I know, and he's sick with the sniffles, and we're in Mexico. Um, that's pretty much it. I have those six questions, and again, not all of them were very like clear cut of exactly. What- oh, I have this last one, and we only have a couple minutes left. But sure, hit it. Some progesterone for females not ovulating. Any helpful tips? Wait, what? Say that again. Now, what? low test and progesterone. I'm just going to guess low, low totals, right? It says low test and progesterone for females not ovulated. Any helpful tips? So you take that one thing, Jason, then I'll pepper anything I want to. And, and I'm curious what you ladies have to say, uh, coaching it from your perspective. The question of them not ovulating, is it primary hypothalamic amenorrhea? Is it secondary? Is it age-induced? Or is it birth control? Yeah. Right. It, it depends. It depends. It depends. I mean, is your progesterone low because you're not obvi- like where, like, yeah. What's the timeline? I think putting together a timeline is really helpful. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Those would be the four scenarios that I can think of off the top of my head. And each of those would require a different way of approaching it. Uh, so that's really all I can say. Yeah. I'd say a Dutch is like, would be depending on other labs, LH and FSH are going to be under other markers. I like to run just with sex hormones, because that kind of gives you a little bit more insight as to what's going on on that as well. Random thought popped in my head. So permission to take it this way, guys, real quick. Mm. What do we all think about the TRT clinics and the progesterone and testosterone? So Jason, I know you opened up your clinic. We already know that reason why, Mm -hmm. but the progesterone and the testosterone numbers that you are seeing are you guys getting a lot of clients who are pretty screwed up? I mean, I've seen test levels in two and 300 from females and progesterone sky high. I mean, like I've seen all sorts of 856 on a 56 year old female. What were they doing? 20 megs two times a week, 250, 250 megs mm-hmm. from an HRT clinic to a woman, to a woman. Wow. Her teacher she was on semi-glutide, T3, uh, and they just kept giving her more and more and more to help her like lose weight. And obviously, yeah. I'm sure as you guys can imagine, she was weight loss resistant. Oh, of course, that much testosterone, geez. Yeah, so pretty, pretty crazy. Yeah, yeah, I haven't seen numbers like that, but I have heard a lot of my doctor wants, like my doctor has a set range that he wants everybody to be at. And it's until we get to that range, he's not happy regardless of the rest of the picture. So that's kind of like the annoyance on. Oh, on with like progesterone, like I have to have it at 15 yeah, or, or whatever, like, no, arbitrary number. I have to have a 90. Everyone has to be a 90, like random, like numbers like that. Even against the none, even though even the estrogens, like. Right. Wow. Okay. All right. Fair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, 
personally feel, and these are just my feelings. There's no data on this, right? Because no one's doing this research. So I'm curious as to what you guys see and think. I feel like when after a certain body fat percentage, maybe like 25, let's just say when a woman is over like 45, 50 on test, I start to see more issues versus if somebody is already pretty lean, maybe 18, 16, 70% body fat, like on a female, their test levels are normally, they can get, they seem to be able to get a little bit higher without having any issues. I don't know if you guys are seeing that in your oh, line. No, I'd agree. Not. I'd agree. Cause I've seen some of my gym pop girls that even in their in seventies, they're still weight loss resistant. Some degree, yeah. like nothing will change, nothing will move. Um, and then when they drop like down into thirties or forties, it starts going again. Um, and you're right. Cause some of the, the girl that I've been doing some great work for years, she was already lean when I got her was willing to go through the phases, then put her on TRT. We did it the right way through Jason's clinic. So therefore it's just, it, it's easier to modulate and she's yeah. about 70, 75 and she's just progressing like she should, yeah. you know what I mean? So and it yeah. doesn't even seem to be like, obviously the first thought for like the coaches listening would be like, okay, well that's somebody who favors a five, a pathway on a Dutch test, which is not necessarily sometimes they'll favor a five B on a heavy side too. And you'll still see that weight loss resistance. until you pull the test levels either out and like flush them or bring it, bring it way back down. Jeff, I know you've been trying to say something. Go ahead. Oh, about the HRT clinic thing. Um, I will say that I have referred some people to who I thought was a good fit for HRT to Jason's clinic um, solely on the fact that I trust Jason and that I've known him for so long and that I know that he's going to treat people well and he's going to manage his business well. And that's the only reason why I, I prefer people to his clinic. Um, I don't know any of the people that work for you, obviously, Jason. I just know you. Now, in terms of other people out there, HRT clinics and HRT in general is a very, very hot topic. So a lot of people are going to want to capitalize on that. And there are a lot of unqualified people that are just stringing together their friends who happen to have a medical license or a chiropractic license, and boom, they open a clinic. Now, there's a lot of danger to that that I won't get into. And I also want to say that there are a lot of coaches who will want to ride the coattails of these owners, ownerships and, and, no. and, and if, and these coaches don't know up or down from, you know, the, the pathways of hormones and they're suggesting drugs to their clients. And the final um, issue here is that a lot of clients don't know how to properly dose TRT. For example, I had a client who said, who sent me a photo of her syringe. She said, this is just as much as my husband takes. And then I was like, well, you know, first of all, what does the bottle say? His bottle is probably 200 mg per ml. Yours is probably like 8 mg per ml or something like that. So look at the, the dosage and then don't use a 3 ml syringe to try to measure, you know, this tiny, tiny tick. They don't even know that a half cc syringe exists or a third of a cc. You can get those online. So there's so many ways that TRT and HRT can go wrong in the gen pop population and within Great. our industry in general, I am very, very cautious about it. And I will speak out mainly against it. Uh, I'm ma mainly against it than for it. Another thing I'll see too, with the progesterone, I will just say this. I've had a client on 800 MIGs is that what I've seen with clients is that serum progesterone levels with an HRT client, they might be feeling 110% better, but their serum levels haven't necessarily come up. So what I've seen HRT doctors, then do is higher doses, higher doses to get this 14 to, you know, 17 progesterone, which you, 
you won't necessarily see. And that will also cause weight loss resistance. This will also cause water retention. This will also cause a lot of issues for a person who's looking to look and feel better. Um, I think anything in a high amount or anytime we're chasing labs is going to be a mistake, especially when it comes to serum progesterone levels for uh, HRT dosage. Fair. Meredith. Yeah. Um, so HRT is very near and dear to my heart. Um, as some listeners know, and I know that most everyone here knows, um, I was induced into surgical menopause, um, very early. So I am fully menopausal with no ovaries. So, um, I love HRT. Um, that being said, I agree so much with everybody here that as with anything in this life, you must do your homework and do your research. And if you are looking for the thing, as far as fat loss, HRT or any type of, I'm going to say steroid is not necessarily a fat loss agent. Um, it's not an easy way out. However, when it comes down to quality of life, especially for a female, um, I personally really believe in the power of HRT. I know that it has given, it pretty much has given me my quality of life. Um, you know, not having ovaries. Um, and then for my females who are aging, I also make sure that whenever there is a point where we are seeing that change where they might be becoming like perimenopausal and symptomatic. Number one, do we need to automatically go to HRT? No, we don't. Um, first off is all the things we've talked on this podcast, like are you drinking your fucking water? I don't know. That's like, you know, how much wine are you drinking? Um, yeah. you know, are we, you know, are you really looking into your, like your sleep hygiene? No, nah, then probably not for gesture. It's not going to help that. Um, and then I have the other thing with people that they're like, what herb will do this? And there's just a point where you can fucking IV program B and that's not going to do fucking shit for your bones. Um, and I think that that's really important. And so I think that if any coaches are listening to this podcast right now, either one, it's really important that you educate your clients and yourself and that you are not selling because you're dealing with people's fucking lives and that matters. And I'm sorry if this is like really dear to my heart. Mm -hmm. um, and you have conversations about with them with the pros and cons and understand that if someone does go on HRT, you have to look at their history, whether they have had cancer in their family or not, as well as make sure you do tuck in the corners as far as all types of lab work that are required and make them understand that once they do start HRT, that is not a one and done deal. But this is something that they have to take responsible responsibility for, for the rest of their lives, which will mean ongoing blood work and follow-up appointments and they're possibly will need and most likely will need to be tweaking and nothing is one and done. That's mm -hmm. just my thing on HRT. Yeah. Beautifully said. Yeah. Mic drop on that one. Boom. Yeah. I don't got shit to say in that. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, no. Um, is there any, I appreciate you guys going that rabbit hole. It just popped in my head off that question. And I thought it was something that I'm like, well, shit, I know the six of us are seeing it. I know the six of us have probably got our opinions about it. Um, so forth, but I will say this I think that the industry's in for a big rude awakening over the next two years. I think that there's going to be some changes that will come, and I think that you're going to see it get a little bit more competitive with the top coaching uh brands, so forth. And I'm glad all you fuckers are in it. I'm in my gym pop world, and I ain't got to deal with all y'all, but that's okay. Um, can is I there anything more thing? Sorry, no, you can say as much I as you want, keep going. Can I say one more thing on like kind of that topic when it comes to coaching in general is not to be afraid to refer. 
Um, if something is not within your scope or not necessarily within your scope, but within your skill set, um, it is not chopping your balls off and handing them to the side or, um, by saying, hey, I don't know, but I know somebody who does. Um, I know that everybody here on this call, we've gotten to a point where we're like, hey, listen, I this is the peak of my knowledge. I know somebody else that can serve you more or serve you better. And I don't think that that's a disservice um, saying that you don't know anything. I think you're servicing your clients even more, especially when it comes to like the discussions of, you know, HRT and things like that. And like, I'm really glad that I you know have Jason as far as my team, um, because you need to make sure that you can uh, reach out to other professionals and back to like that gut question. Like if you're having digestive health things and you've done all the things, don't be scared to refer out to somebody else who maybe knows a little bit more like, um, pelvic floor therapy, like think bigger and broader. Mm. Meredith, I want to echo something that you just said here back to one of the topics that we talked about earlier is that in terms of male and female coaches, one of the main differences is that women have less of an ego. And when women don't know something, they're more likely to refer out or ask for help or admit that they don't know. A man will probably lie and cover it up and try to wing it. And I've noticed this because a lot of the classes that I teach, it's all female people, female, female coaches trying to learn because God forbid a male coach shows up in one of my classes and I post a <laughs> screenshot and they're in one of my, my classes learning to become better. God forbid their ego takes a hit. So that's a huge difference that I've noticed between male and female coaches. It's funny that uh, you said that too, because it's almost like more doubting yourself as a female. You know, you're like, well, I don't know if I know this. And you're like, wait, yeah. wait, I do actually know exactly what I'm talking about. You got to be able to do here. Oh, I think it's just so important for coaches to get different perspectives and, and yeah. learn from different people. And I mean, that was a big part of why I'm doing this course with Dasha is just to hear a different approach and you bounce ideas off each other and having like a network is, is really important. And things yeah. change, like things change, like, like things that I thought were like the Holy grail. Like I am one, like I've had the clients who have had the like a long time, like they know I'm like, Hey, right. So, uh, you know how I said, like, we're going to do this. Like, so we're going to change this now because <laughs> I just like found this out and <laughs> world. Yeah. Like facts have a half-life. In a My lot of clients, love that though. Cause I'll come to them and I'll be like, Hey, I, I've been, I've been, I just finished up this new thing, or I, I heard this new process. And I think that you might be the right person to try this because I'm sure we all have those clients where you're like Steve, Sally, Jake, and Sue, they're all fine. Like you can run the same similar ish issue protocol with them with some minor tweaks and it's good. And then you have that one person and you need something completely different, like not necessarily off the wall, but like completely different for whatever reason. And that works with them. So I think it's really important to like not be attached to a set protocol for a specific symptom either. You guys have like five minutes because something else just popped in my head. And I think it's a good one. Go ahead. All right. What do you guys think about the implant illness issue that is being speculated a lot on in social media and the need for explants? Because that just popped in my head when you talked about that, because I recently had one and the girl based got diagnosed with it. And I actually agreed after watching two years of everything and anything. So I was just curious. Wow. <laughs> Who wants to chime in first there? Shit. I mean, God, I'm going to jump at work. From my experience here, right? So right. I work and I worked with Jason too. And it's like my body was just like in this super inflammation mode of like it would kind of get it would just like teeter totter. I'm like, I'm a compliant motherfucker. You know what I mean? Like, I'm 
following the things. And it's just like, you just kind of teeter totter. And I went through this cycle for a long time. And like, I, I went up to like, I talked about this a little bit on the last podcast, like at five, four, I went up to 181 which is aggressive when you train and you eat really clean and you track all your food and you're like, something's fucking not right. You know what I mean? And labs look good. No ANA, like things are, something is happening here. And my hair was like falling out, like, like extreme amounts. Like I was just like, I don't understand like what's going on. And I had, um, a a capsule contracture, which is where the scar tissue starts to like form a little bit over like the implant. And so one boob was like moving up. And I remember one day just looking at him and my boyfriend, I was like, what's like here now? One's like where it was, you know? And so I went and I got it checked out. They said they were fine. I didn't need to replace them in surgery as they were removing them. And they opened me up. My implant was completely ruptured so much so that they literally had to suck it out because I didn't have the super cohesive when it got, it must've been ruptured for like over a year, year and a half. And it was just complete jello. Like it was fluid in my tissue. Mm. And so I do think that that makes a huge difference within four days of taking that implant out. I did get new ones back in because I just really love them. But, um, (laughs) but I also, I don't know, honestly, full transparency, if I would have done it knowing that I had a rupture. I was only changing them out with the thought that a capsular contracture. And obviously when you're asleep, they can't wake you up and be like, Hey, what do you want to do? But <laughs> they, they did remove it. My inflammation in my face went down. My face was like not puffy. My hair stopped falling out. I was still dealing with a lot of like other issues, which we're working on now, but I do think it made a huge difference. So I believe it's real. Yeah. I do. Yeah. I've had three clients um, that I've walked in and out of explants and I can, and they did not get them replaced. They did get full explants. Um, and I can tell you night and day, like they came in, um, one I have posted before online, um, like full, like digestive issues, like probably she was probably one of the worst case of actual SIBO, which we all know there's a big difference between dysbiosis and SIBO, um, but actual SIBO that I've seen. Um, and she's done great afterwards. I have a client that is no longer working with me right now because she is actively pursuing um, what she believes is, you know, breast implant illness. And unfortunately, there there is no absolute, like there's no test that says this is what it is. The test is going into surgery and getting them removed. Like after you've done, you've checked all the boxes of it could have been this, it could have been this, and that can be pretty extreme. I think having implants, it is a risk. I have implants. All all three of us have implants. Um, personally I'm going through a thing right now. I think one of mine is ruptured. Um, and like Jason knows it, like, you know, I have a little name for, um, but so that's something that I'm going to have to have a consult with and see what the surgeon, their recommendation is. But I believe a hundred percent that it's something that certain females do deal with. I think it might be in my thought process, right? Because we don't know enough on this and there's just not enough research that it's more of an autoimmunity trigger for some people. And when we remove that autoimmunity trigger or we can lower that, it can make a difference. So like the thought process out in the space right now with some people is kind of like addressing autoimmunity could in fact treat this, but there's, we just don't know. Right. So I hate even seeing some of this stuff online because there's just not, I'm don't like just 
I'm not the kind of person that's like, this is exactly what it is. And I think if someone says that you should honestly be concerned. Um, but I think that there's going to be more and more coming out as we start to see this. And I think that there's going to be stuff that we can do on the back end to maybe prevent this or lower this like poly inflammation taking over the body that's triggering these autoimmune responses. I don't think it's just the implant. I think it's the perfect storm of this type of person or these already occurring symptoms. And then this adding to it is just the perfect storm. I agree with you. on this. Can I add a cap on this real quick? Yeah, cap it. All right. And then I think Sarah had something to say. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. Unless you want to go first, Sarah. Go no, first, I Sarah. Was, I think like real yeah, quick, like I chose, I put them in my body this year in March, like after, you know, hearing all this. And I think for me, like, and anyone like, cause I get asked a lot about, about it a lot since I just did it. Um, I think you just really have to do your pros and cons. And for me, I don't have a history. I don't have any family history of like anything autoimmune. Like I haven't had any of those issues, like knock on wood, um, you know, call me woo, but I'm a big believer in, you know, what you believe, what you manifest, you know, kind of comes into fruition sometimes. So for me, I weighed a lot of those pros and cons. Um, I also decided to go over the muscle, um, which is something that, you know, I also wonder what are the differences long-term with that and, you know, instances of this, you know, breast implant illness. Um, and I also, my doctor has me taking singular, which is to help prevent a capsular contracture. Um, and there's a lot of kind of, not a lot, there's not a lot, but there is some interesting data about using that as a preventative. So, um, I've been taking it without any side effects for five months now. Um, and I plan to continue to take it as long as I'm handling it well. Um, so anyway, just do your research on, on your, on your doctor and, you know, do the pros and cons for you. But Jeff, I want to hear what you got to say. Um, under the muscle, you're going to have more, uh, likely of like a, like a tear or rupture to the structure just because as the muscles are moving or if they, um, grow, especially with weight training. Yeah. Weight yeah. Training. yeah. Yeah. So, but then, you know, over the, over the muscle, under the, the skin, you have the, uh, the cosmetic appearance of just having to, you know circular objects, you know, on your, on your chest, uh, on a lighthearted note, you know, small titties are just as good as big ones. So, you know, ladies don't feel too self-conscious us guys, we really don't care. Um, and then finally about inflammation and in the immune system, I feel like those invite coaches to go down rabbit holes that border on just craziness. Really. We're not doctors, we're coaches, no matter how much any of us knows, we don't hold a medical license. And so, there are coaches out there who are deep diving into that, which is cool and all, but you know, I, myself, as the owner of my own business, I will never touch that stuff. The only ways that I lower inflammation is sleep, you know, avoid alcohol, avoid inflammatory foods. That's it. I don't try to change genes or biohacking. <laughs> that. Yeah. Well, that, those things you said have a major impact on inflammation. They do major impact on inflammation, just removing vegetable oils can have a major impact yeah. on, on yeah. So those are still, yeah. Yeah. But these advanced, I get what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to let Gramps take us home on this yeah. one. The senior yeah. dog. Oof, oof. Go ahead, buddy. Take us home. Um, I, I mean, I don't know that I have anything else to add. I was going to say that uh, Jeff Sue doesn't speak for all men and their sexual preferences. Um, <laughs> but, you know, uh, he went there. 
Uh, yeah, no, I mean, this has been a great episode. And, uh, you know, I think the one thing that I didn't get to say a little bit spiel on was the, the hormone HRT clinic. Um, I was kind of quiet. I do own one, but, um, the reason I did it was because I saw all the shit show that's going on, uh, the big doses of, of tea and using sip right away and all these different things, um, that were going on that I was seeing it in labs of my clients. And I'm like, you know what, like there's a better way to do this. Um, so that's why that kind of came about. So yes, uh, I'm a big proponent of TRT. I think if you want to stay young and vital, you should be on it as well. Um, yeah, I agree. I have a different stance than some on the panel. Um, it's here to stay, and I think it's a great thing. And, uh, you know, I've been on TRT for quite a while, and I'm really glad I did. Yep. I'm going to hug you and say the same thing. I sit in your corner. I think it's a great tool and a toolbox to have for the majority of people. But um, real quick, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us. We had a great time. Uh, Matt, happy birthday, bro. I hope you have yourself a great time down there in Mexico. Uh, Thanks, yeah, you're welcome. I like seeing you in bed. That's nice. Thanks, bro. Appreciate that shot. But um, <laughs> ladies, that was a good time. We really appreciated y'all enjoying uh, joining us and us joining yeah. you and doing a collaborative yeah. episode. Definitely. So we'll definitely have to do one again in the future. All right. All right. Y'all have yourself a good one. Bye. 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 Bye.